Hi there, yeah. Buddy the Humble Farmer here. Will you permit an old man to tell you that a cynic is an idealist who has been forced to face the facts? Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to hey. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music.
Bicks here on the Humble Farm. I'm going to hear a lot of Bicks today. Main people, main people who growl about invaders in million dollar houses with a million dollar view have sharp memories. Back in 1965, these main people laughed all the way to the bank when the sucker from Massachusetts paid them $3,000 for Grampy's Point. I like that trumpet player on that Django thing we just heard. The object of my affections. You watch the news, you know what's going on. Is it true that Maine officials hope to sell Maine's carbon credits so that other densely populated industrialized areas of our great country may legally continue their unabated pollution of our planet? Big sentence there, but I'm sure you've followed it. Selling heroin to children in faraway states is generally frowned upon, but 
Now we're supposed to compartmentalize our thinking and recognize the carbon credit sellers as economic wizards. Think about it. You must admit that the concept has potential. For example, here on the coast of Maine on any sweltering July day, the temperature might climb right up to, oh, 68 degrees? If weather were a marketable commodity like pollution, the Chamber of Commerce in Philadelphia, where it's very steamy, you know they could buy a week of Maine's July weather to make their Independence Day celebration and visits to the Liberty Bell a bit more attractive to potential customers, visitors. Of course, the price would be negotiable, as Tense Harbor residents would gladly throw in two days of their famous fog. Education? No longer do children in manufactured housing areas need to get lower scores than their counterparts in affluent Kennebunk, Camden, Falmouth, or Cape Elizabeth. Grade, school, grade scores are no more than numbers on paper and could be traded like pork bellies and other commodities. Crime? Unfortunately, there's not enough money in Chicago to buy Bangor's safe city credits. But with the proper marketing, a buyer could be found. So, the next time someone mentions selling carbon credits, tell them that if they'd like to buy a few of your gene pool credits, your grandfather is 102.
picks. If I can push the right button here. One night, I watched a movie called The Graduate. Everybody's seen it. You've seen it several times. It was made in 1967, if I recall correctly. And this Graduate movie reflects the protests against the establishment that was so popular back in 1967. I was in graduate school in 1967, attempting to ascertain if there really is a one-to-one correlation between acoustic and articulatory parameters, and I remember distinctly to get to my classes, some of my classes, I had to step over students who were lying in the corridors protesting one of our endless wars. But I wanted to say that Dustin Hoffman is a great actor. That's what I wanted to say. You could feel his pain when everybody in the world was telling him to do things that he didn't want to do. He had obviously gone through our school system because he politely did everything that Mrs. Robinson and anyone else told him to do. Remember the old bumper stickers? Question authority. (laughs) He didn't until the very end when he beats them back with a cross and then uses it as a bar to lock them in the church, which was the only part of the movie that I remembered from seeing it before, that and the famous plastics line. So I squirmed and I suffered through the whole graduate movie identifying with this young man. And this movie played without commercials. I struggled through it just to see the last five minutes, which I, I remember that these last five minutes are really very good. Yes, I suffered. You've seen those movies where someone goes to open a door. You've seen them and you hear the ominous music in the background. You know something bad is in behind that door. And you're hollering at the person on the screen, don't open the door, don't open the door. And the graduate affected me in the same way because I kept hollering, don't do it, don't do it, you fool, get out of there. What a fool that young man was to do everything that everyone told him to do. Of course, he finally snapped, but I suppose that's the definition of a nice young man. A nice Think about this. A, a nice young man is someone who does everything you tell him to do without questioning you. You and I like young people who do everything that we tell them to do without questioning us. Oh, <laughs> I noticed one thing. You should know that one thing has changed in that graduate movie. Remember that aged old hag, Mrs. Robinson? If you watch that movie today, you'll notice that she's still a sleaze, but that her complexion has improved, and she's about the age of your youngest daughter. Thank you. 
I don't know about you, but I thought that was an awful tight, tight rhythm section there. Phil Flanagan, I don't usually mention names. Phil Flanagan playing bass there remind me of the great Tom Rowe, who used to play with Schoonaffair. Put that note where nobody else could put it. It just lifts the lifts the band. Something you can't learn. Chuck Riggs on drums, Chris Flory, guitar, Coscott Hamilton, his, his uh, friends from Providence. Thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer. Gee, I forgot to throw that in here. Try to tell you every 15 minutes what you're listening to. Nothing, nothing worse than listening to a radio program or a television program, wondering, what in the devil is this anyway? I'd like to find out more about it. Nobody's telling us who they are. I am The Humble Farmer. With any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time right here on your favorite radio station. I'm nothing, no mystery about how to find me. I'm the humble farmer at gmail.com. I love to get your letters. Have you ever seen a movie where someone opens a door to find a creepy-looking stranger outside? Do you feel the same way when you get an email letter signed John or Jim or Mary? No mailing address, no phone number, no website, no nothing but a cryptic letter. You can't even understand what it means sometimes. Say, oh yes, I'm all in favor of that. A cryptic letter signed, John or Jim or Mary. Perhaps you'll tell me why people write these guess who letters. Tell me, why are your friends afraid to include a phone number and a mailing address on the bottom of their email letters? If they're afraid of identity identity theft, most any crook worth his salt could get their phone number or mailing address or credit card numbers without looking at their email. Of course, I can understand why anyone would be afraid to send me their home address. Oh, what was that? They know that most any afternoon I'm very likely to stop by around supper time. As I said, I'm the humble farmer at gmail.com.
Mix, mix, he said. With his feeble old man voice. Mm, mm. You might have heard that three people in North Carolina, one in Indiana and one in Ohio, were shot when guns went off accidentally at gun shows. Now, I don't know about you, but I find that pretty hard to believe because all that alleged shooting was done by gun lovers who know how to handle their weapons. One of my radio friends who read about this alleged shoot-in spree said that criminals, the mentally impaired and very, very stupid people, should not be allowed to own weapons. <laughs> you want to tell me how you look someone in the eye and tell them you're not going to sell them a gun because they're very, very stupid? <laughs> You might have recently read that only a small percentage of the people who shoot others would be considered mentally impaired. And you might have been as surprised as I was to learn this. I don't have any figures under my fingertips at this moment, but how much of this shooting of people would you guess is being done by not the criminally insane, but by very stupid people? And what do you do if you're want to sell a gun and a stupid person is willing to pay you twice as much for this gun as someone who is very smart. I'm, I'm glad, I want to tell you this, I'm glad I don't know anything about this gun business. I'm only talking about it here and asking you what you think about it because it's always on the news. Talk to me.
the only time we get a good get it only time we get a good on, <laughs> the only time we get a good balance on that is for the applause from the audience. What a struggle it must have been to play with Ghana on the turnaround. You never knew what he was gonna do. I'm talking about the bass player. Thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer. Have I mentioned that twice already? With any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time right here on your favorite radio station. Thank you, thank you for listening. One day, my brother-in-law Mark called me to, to tell me that in a Mark Trail comic strip... Mark Trail is standing on an oyster bar, ankle-deep in water, surrounded by hungry sharks. Mark Trail is saying, I'm in big trouble. I'm surrounded by sharks on this oyster bar, and the tide is going out. My brother-in-law thought that this was funny, and said that Mark Trail wasn't going to get in trouble as long as the tide was going out. But anyone who thinks about this knows that although only a very few men have been eaten by sharks, many men have been undone after eating a few oysters.
Plink, Bex here on the humble farmer. Been listening to Bex for what? <laughs> 60 years now. <laughs> Bex still sounds good after listening to him for 60 years. Question for you. Are we born incompetent or is incompetence thrust upon us? After 20 years of being married to Marsha, the almost perfect woman, I now wonder how I survived my 20 years between 34 and 54 as a bachelor. I might now compare myself to an appendage that has atrophied from lack of use because, well, I no longer know how to do anything. What do you suppose would happen to me if I ran through a load of wash and hung it on the line? There is no way on this green earth that I would do it right. If you are married to a type A person, you know what happens when you try to help out. For instance, making the bed. If I try to make the bed, what she do? You know it. She tears it apart and makes it right with the corners tucked in and the sheet folded down at the top. Even though Martha Stewart couldn't tell the difference when the bedspread is on. You finally give up trying to do anything because she says it's easier for her to do it the first time than it is to tear your work apart and then do it over again. What happens when you mow the lawn? She mows it again the same evening with the blade set down to the dirt so the dust or mud flies. Help her with the dishes? Only if you want trouble in your marriage. You might have heard some of our young so-called experts bleating the mantra, Oh, you have to work at a marriage. Marriage takes a lot of work and effort. This is not true. I never worked at a marriage. I never worked at our marriage. And I never will work at our marriage. For twenty years, I have simply stood back and got out of the way. Thank you. 
Get it right? What's the name of it? Get it right. Do something. Do something. Right now, if I can have your attention, please, I'd like to apologize for having a main voice here on a main radio station. Like you, I realize that being from Maine and talking on a main radio station makes one somewhat of a abnormality, so please try to bear up. I'd be from Connecticut if I could. And I can't remember who sent me this news item, but I want to thank you, whoever it was. Senators William B. Spong of Virginia and Hiram Fong of Hawaii sponsored a bill recommending the mass ringing of church bells to welcome the arrival in Hong Kong of the U.S. table tennis team after its tour of communist China. Unfortunately, this bill failed to pass, which deprived us of the Spong Fong Hong Kong Ping Pong Ding Dong Bell Bill.
Hello? Come in. I'm sorry, I can't take your call right now. This line is tied up. Well, I guess they got that message. I think about things I don't know about you. But if you also think about things, it might be because you don't have enough to do, and I suggest that you find something to occupy your hands. Because this is why they say idle hands are the devil's workshop. If you're busy, you can't think, and thinking does not always give you a warm, fuzzy feeling of well-being. This morning I was thinking about James Bond which you might agree is about as unproductive as you can get when it comes to thinking. Because you have never wasted your time thinking about Bond, James Bond. You should know that James Bond is a good guy who zips about the globe while fighting powerful evil men. And for years I wondered how evil men like Dr. No and Goldfinger could find seemingly endless cadres of expendable people to aid them in their bloody pursuits of world domination and economic gain. I hope you won't think about this, because if you do, when you think about the last two dozen elections, you will realize that there are millions of people out there in middle America who honestly like these guys. I's a mug and boom. We's a mug and boom. I's a mug and boom. Nobody knows just how it started. Somebody blew it through a horn. Somebody played it on the fiddle. Somebody sang it and a song was born. Now it's the craze, the new sensation. It's the song the bands all swing. Now it's the phrase that rocks the nation Don't try to stop me cause I'm gonna sing I's a mug and boom We's the mug and bang I's a mug and boom Boo-bop-dee-bop-boo-bop-dee-ho
mug and boot. We's a mug and bang. I's a mug and splash. Roof for a hat through. I as a mug and boot. We's a mug and splash. I's a mug and boot. For a hat to do that, do that. Dangles mug and. Old Stephen's mugging, oh everybody's mugging down. Oh the mug, mug, mug it, the mug is fast. Diddy muggers, eyes are mugging. Django here on the humble farmer. Got time for one or two more. Thank you for hanging in here with me. When I make a mistake, you know I'm the first person to admit it. And I made a mistake a while back. A leaky inner tube on my bicycle refused to accept any more patches, and I spent three, four dollars on a new tube. But one day, when I was down to the dump, I saw a bicycle in the junk iron pile. Guess what I did? I said to myself, I will take that bicycle home with me for spare parts, and I will buy big fat bicycle tires for four dollars and inner, inner tubes no more. And when I got the bicycle home, I said to myself, the only thing this bicycle seems to need is a nut on the rear wheel. I wonder what will happen if I put a nut on the rear wheel. So I pumped up the tires, very foolishly, of course. I pumped up the tires and I put the nut on the rear wheel and I got on this bicycle and I rode it around in the dooryard. And the gears on this 510 speed bike worked and went slicks a whistle. And it reminded me that back in... 1943 or so, my grandmother had to cook for Prince Nishimi up on Chestnut Street in Camden. Lived right across from where Dougie Green used to live when he was a little boy. And Anyway, my grandmother had to cook for two weeks for Prince Nishimi to earn money enough to buy me a second-hand bicycle. So what am I going to do with this bicycle? I did not plan to keep this bicycle. I brought I brought this bicycle home from the dump because the tires looked okay. But now I have no idea of how I am ever going to get rid of it. There is a lesson to be learned here. But the only person who knows what that lesson is, is a bachelor who has invited a desperate young divorcee into his home for just the weekend. <laughs>
Bix. I'm the humble farmer. Almost time to get out of here. Do you miss the good old songs you used to hear? I don't see any sense in these rap-type songs they sing nowadays. Do you? Back when I was a kid, they sang songs like Chickory Chick, Chala Chala, Chakala Romy, In the Banana Kabalaka Wallaka. And those songs made sense. One morning I got to thinking that it had been a long time since I'd heard I'm a ding-dong daddy from Dumas. You know you're old when you realize that you miss the good old songs. Old people, you know, have always cried that they no longer hear the good old songs. And you probably even recall Aristophanes' story about the young man who sneered at his father when the old man requested someone sing one of the good old songs called Simoides' Shearing of the Ram. <laughs> kid had to explain to his father that Simoides' Ram was a corny old song. Do you hear the same thing from your children or your grandchildren? Do they listen to music that you can't understand or appreciate? You might have seen a TV program advertised on which they promised to play the 40 worst songs from last year. Didn't it make you wonder how they could be sure they got the right ones? <laughs>